as old as you feel, and I still feel like I'm a kid, so we'll just leave it at that. No, I'm, I count it a privilege and uh, an honor to be able to, to be able to pastor this, this beautiful, great church. And you don't know the countless accolades that I give this church anywhere as I go, if I go preach or if I go visit somewhere, and they ask, How, how's your church doing? And I said, I am very blessed with the best saints of God right here in, in this church. And I love every one of you. Thank you for every prayer that you have prayed for me and for just being with me through this past past several years, actually, as I dealt with the, the sickness and the death of my wife. And, uh, you know, I know there was a lot of uncertain times. and I know there was a lot of uncertainty. Everybody kind of keeping an eye on the pastor. And, and thank you for that because there, there, have, there were, I'll be honest with you, there were some dark days, sleepless nights as I didn't know how my life was going to go and where do I go from here and how do I continue on without my my soulmate here but but God is good God is faithful and even in our darkest times we can still feel the hand of God as he's with us I'm very thankful for his strength and for his love and the love that he has shown us as brother David was talking uh, you know I've seen people that look through eyes of negativity even when things are nice, something, something's negative. And I've seen people that will, we can have a thousand positives about us, but they will find that one negative to, to key in on. But I want you to know, as a pastor, I look through the eyes of God and I see the goodness and I see the positive in everybody that is in the sanctuary right now. And I want you to know personally from the bottom of my heart that I love every single one of you. I want you to know how much you have meant to me and just sticking by me even when I wasn't even sure of myself. But I want you to know God has got me. Amen. As as Brother David said, there are brighter days ahead. It's not dark times, church. We got, there's good things that are happening. We got reasons to smile. We got reasons to hold our head up high and thank God for so thank you for everybody. Thank you for, for your love. And, and I just want you to know, I, I do. I'm having a good time. My life ain't over yet. <laughs> we're still young, Brother Wilson. I don't care what Chloe says. We're, we're still young. We're still young. In fact, uh, I'll be heading down in a couple weeks and I'll be going to Six Flags. And I will show you how young I am. I'll be the first one running to the roller coasters. Uh, no, thank you. Um, I know it's Pastor Appreciation Month, and, and I do appreciate it's You know, my, my family in the church knows it's not my thing to get all this pat on the back and stuff. I, I, I don't need that. I don't need my ego pumped, okay? I know you love me, and, and I feel the appreciation 365. I do appreciate on the fact I will get on Facebook and I will I will tell of my pastor, my pastor's wife, how much I love them. Even though there's there's two or three hours that separate us. I know they're praying for me. I pray for Bethalto and I pray for Landmark all the time too. In fact I, I, I called my pastor this past week and needed some advice on something and this is the first time he gave me nothing. <laughs> So don't be surprised if your pastor does not have the right word at that time or the right advice at that time. Uh, 
But many have heard me say, if I don't have that answer for you, I'm not going to just shoot from the hip and guess or say something or make a decision right there. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. But I love and appreciate my pastor and the men of God that have meant so much in my life and made me the man that I am right now. But I want you to know, church, we're going forward. We're going forward. We're going to continue to win the loss. We're going to continue to do what God has called us to do in the highs and the lows. We're still called to worship him. We're still called to follow him. And we're still called to reach and go into the harvest. God bless you. Thank you. Brother Wilson. God bless you. What an exciting day. All right. I'm trying to keep up with Zachary and the others. I got me an iPad. All right. That's kind of hard, but we're gonna we're working on it. Well, it's a great day, great day to honor our pastor. We do that every day, but then it's nice to set aside those special times and uh, to honor our pastor. And of course, there's all these different milestones you can go through life. But now, as pastor calls his other pastors' friends, he can tell them, "I think I've arrived. I got my own parking spot." <laughs> Got my own parking spot. So I'm, I, I appreciate the teaching this morning. Looking through the lens, and he was talking. Um, Dave was talking about his uh, mom, people watching, and uh, I don't do it a lot, but once in a while. And um, so, uh, and I kind of make up stories like his mom does. You know what? What are those people like, and so forth. So, I'm watching this video up here, right? And, and the thought came to my mind, uh, Brother Zach, Zachary, this thought came. I, I, I know why Allison is his favorite now. Oh, he's young. <laughs> Always picking up them brownie points. Never hurts, right? Yeah. Well, we do appreciate Pastor Heil. And I do believe I have a message today. Now, um, this message isn't directly to pastor, but it's um, about pastors, but it is, it definitely pertains to a man or a woman of God, right? The calling. And, and um, so anyway, uh, if, uh, I'm just going to read one, one verse. And uh, if you want to stand for the reading, that's fine. Um, it's going to be in First uh, Samuel 3 and 1. And probably you've heard this before sometime or another. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. You may be seated. I'm going to talk to you a little bit this morning. And uh, who knows, I might even preach a little bit. I like Brother Grant's definition. He says, uh, there's no difference between his teaching and his preaching. Uh, basically, the only difference is when he preaches, he just gets louder. <laughs> but other than that, there was no difference. All right, good to see everybody. All you wonderful people. It's just great to be part of this congregation, to be part of this assembly. And... Uh, 
You know, it's just, it's good to share the Word of God with you. I know you guys love the Word, you love God, you love this church, you love your pastor. And so it's just a, it's just a privilege to be here, and I count it a privilege. Thank you for the opportunity to um, be able to share the Word with you on this special day. And, um, and it's just good to be here and uh, enjoy the fellowship, of course, enjoy God's presence. Brother Charles, good to see you. You know, as, as your preacher, when you teach, sometimes, you know, you look out and everybody's eyes is, not everybody, but, you know, a lot of them, eyes are just kind of glazed over, you know. Uh, you know, the light's on, nobody's home, but uh, type thing. Uh, but then there's others, you can just, you know, you focus on them a little bit and then you can keep going, you know. So, Brother Charles, I'm glad you're here. So, man, I always can look over there or here. And uh, I think, okay, he's with me. I can keep going now. I got somebody, Right. I got somebody got my back here, so I'm glad you're here today, brother. <laughs> glad you showed up. I always do better when you're here. I really do. Uh, I mean that sincerely, because I got that one spot. I know he's he's got me in the amen corner there. So, <laughs> all right. So Samuel, getting back to Samuel. Samuel, uh, interesting verse there. There was no widespread re- revelation. In other words, uh, I'm asking myself, okay, why, 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 why? Okay, it's a good question always to ask is, why is this happening or how is it happening or, or what's going on, what's the situation, and why isn't there a widespread revelation? In other words, there, there's no vision, okay? There's no word of God that's going forth. And uh, when that happens, sin abounds, okay? Sin abounds, and we look at uh, the situation that is going on here in Israel. It's a time of uh, judges. This is before the kings came in, before King Saul was there, before King David. And so this is towards the end of the, of the judges. And, and Israel had their ups and downs. Pastor, they're the roller coaster, right? At times, you know, they were living for God. They were powerful. God was giving them victories, but then they would fall away from God. They'd start serving the false gods of the Canaanites. And then they would fall deep into sin. Uh, then they would fall into bondage. Their enemies would come in and overtake them. And then they would start crying out to God, God, save us, God, deliver us. And God would raise up a judge and use that person, a man or woman, to come and bring about deliverance. And this happens time and time and time again. And this is one of those instances where Israel is in a dark time. Okay, there, there's no revelation. There's no voice that's going out. There's no man of God really proclaiming uh, the word of the Lord. And it's gotten so bad that this, the priest, Eli, the one that's supposed to be the judge, the one that's supposed to be leading the congregation, he's letting things slip. And uh, he's getting advanced in years. Maybe he's losing his enthusiasm or he's losing his vision uh, you know, he's not understanding the, the things that are going on, or, or um, I guess he, he, he knew the stuff that was going on, but he didn't have the strength to do anything about it. And um, his own sons that were supposed to be keepers of the house of God, they're, they're committing um, adultery in the house of God. They're, they're, they're abusing the sacrifices. They're not keeping them holy. They're not keeping it consecrated unto the Lord, but they're t- taking it and using it as something common and, and ordinary, and then they were actually stealing from the people, and um, this is becoming a, a you know, very, uh, 
I don't know what would the word would be uh, awful in God's eyes, right? Uh, they're disgracing the house of God. They're doing uh, adulterous acts in the house of God. We can't imagine uh, that someone would actually be wanting to do that in, in, in the house of God. Uh, but yet here they are, they are doing it, and Eli is not doing anything about it. So there's no widespread revelation. Okay, There's no, there's no vision, there's no direction towards God and in the ways of God because there is no revelation. There's no vision. But then God, he doesn't just leave us, right? Aren't you glad for the grace of God? Even in dark times, when it seems like there's no more hope, there's no more future, right? There's no more vision. There's no, there's no revelation. God doesn't leave us without hope. God raises up somebody, right? There's a young boy that God is raising up. Right there's there's a there's there's a young boy that God's going to minister through. So God calls uh, calls this out, and and there's a Hannah that is there, Samuel's mother Hannah. She she she's desperate to have a child. She is childbearing, but she's desperate to have a child, and she goes to the house of God, and and in her soul and in her heart, she's yearning so hard and so bad she can't even talk anymore. Maybe it's just groans that are coming out, and and Eli comes by and he sees her there, and he says. What is she doing? Okay, is she drunk in the house of the Lord? What's wrong with her? A little side note here, okay? Eli's pretty quick to correct her, but she, he couldn't even correct his own kids, right? He's gotten so bad, he can't determine what's drunk and what's somebody's pouring their heart out to God. You know, sometimes when people really pour out their hearts to God, you wonder what's wrong with them. Okay, but he didn't see it right away until she told him, hey, no, I'm, I'm not drunk. I'm not some evil woman, okay? I'm, I'm not like those Okay, I'm not like those your sons are hanging out with. <laughs> That's what you're probably saying. You know, I'm not one of them, right? Uh, I'm, I'm here. I, I want a child. I want a man child. And if God gives me this man child, I'm going to give him back to the Lord. And so Hannah had that prayer, and God honored her prayer, her desperation. God did give her a child. It was, it was Samuel who was going to be the prophet. He was going to be the seer. He is the one that's going to bring forth the message, the revelation of what God wants. So God didn't leave him without there. There was a man of God that stood up, even in the midst of, of wickedness and darkness, even when bad sin is being committed in the house of the Lord, there was a man that rose up. And man, aren't you glad that God raises up someone? Okay, he raises up a minister. He raises up a man. He can raise up a woman that would speak his word. Amen. Never never uh, doubt God's, God's using just ordinary men and women for his glory and for his honor to bring forth the word. What we need today is a, is a man, is a woman, is a preacher that can bring forth a prophetic word. Okay, we cannot survive without a prophetic word. Uh, without that prophetic word, men will run wild. Okay, they're, they're without restraint. Okay, we need the word from God to, to set the boundaries, uh, to, to set us in the right place and in our right position. Okay, without it, we run wild. People will run wild without the word. Amen. Where there is no revelation, the people run wild. When there's no one standing in the gap, the people will run, run wild. When we don't bring forth the word of God, people will run wild. They're, they're without restraint. They don't know how to conduct themselves. Anything goes without the word. It's so important that we have the word 
the prophetic word. So important that we have a man of God that will spend time in prayer and spend time in, in his word to bring forth a word that the people need to hear. I said they need to hear. Sometimes they may not want to hear it, but it's what we need to hear. That makes it hard. That's why we've got to lift up our pastor in prayer that God would anoint him and bless him and keep him and God help him to preach the word because sometimes it's just not popular to preach the word. Okay, it's just not, people are just not wanting to hear the word. People are not wanting to hear correction and instruction Okay, because they want to do their own thing. They want to run wild. And that's what they will do without the word. Okay, we, we are called. Okay, each minister, not just our pastor, but each one here in the ministry staff, we are called to stand for the word of God, to support our leadership, to support our pastor. But when we teach, when we preach, we need to preach and teach the word. Bring forth the word. Bring it forth when it's popular and bring it forth when it's not popular. Okay, when people don't like it, you keep preaching the word anyway. Okay, when people don't like to hear it, you keep instructing them in the word anyway. It's the only thing that brings about restraint and brings back the glory of the Lord. In Eli's day, uh, there was a message. And in that message was that uh, Eli was going to lose, his his descendants were going to lose that priesthood that they held because of their actions. And it was also said that uh, uh, there was going to be a day and then both the sons of Eli and Eli himself, they, they, they both lost their lives on the same day. And one of the sons, uh, uh, th- their wife was uh, expecting when she had the child, what did they name? And, and that child was born that day, the same day that their, their father died and, and their uncle and their grandfather died, that same day, they named it what? Named it Ichabod. She named it Ichabod, which means the glory of the Lord has departed oh that's sad isn't it never let it be said that the church of Pontiac that the glory of the Lord departed only way the glory of the Lord would depart if we quit honoring the word of God we quit honoring the man of God we quit honoring God and 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 we quit honoring the man of God as he preaches the word of God that's what maintains a church that's what maintains us that's what maintains our relationship with God is when his word goes forth. Not just anywhere, but his prophetic word goes forth. It keeps us. Amen. Aren't you glad for the word? Wouldn't it be sad to try to live life without the word? What's going to happen without the word? Darkness is going to come in. Wickedness comes in. It's when the church, when a man of God stands up and say, no, this is what is right. In God's eyes. You know, the society as a whole, they want to get away from God. Okay, that, that, you know, darkness comes in, they start running wild. Right? Look at our schools. You know, we used to honor God in schools. Bible was an important place in schools. They say, no, you can't have that separation of church and state. So they pull, they pull the Bible out of schools. They, put, they pull God out of school. What happened? Okay, back in the 50s, you know what your problems you had in school? Chewing gum. Running the hallways. That was a problem, right? Things like that was problems in schools. Man, I wish they had those problems nowadays, right? Imagine any teacher would want those kind of problems. You know, and I worry about kids bringing guns to school. 
You know, they used to bring guns to school. They used to leave them in the truck. Never thought anything of it. But now you hear mass shootings, you know, and stabbings. And just, it's just horrific, the things that happen in our schools. Why? Well, because there's no word, right? There's no restraint. They run wild. Okay? They, don't, they don't know their boundaries at all. They don't know it. In Psalm 74, 9, it says, We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, nor is there any among us who knows how long. So it's, it's a song of suffering, right? It's a song of they've lost what was theirs. This was probably written during a Babylonian captivity when, when Nebuchadnezzar came in and he led a, a Judah into captivity and he had to leave their homeland. He had to leave their temple. In fact, the temple was destroyed. Uh, the place of worship was wiped out. And, and now they no longer hear the voice of God. They have no place to worship anymore because of their sins and their transgressions. They continued to go away from God. They didn't want to hear the man of God. And in fact, they persecuted the prophets. The ones that were bringing forth the word, they persecuted. But now there is no longer a prophet. There's no longer a voice. It was a sad time. And Amos, it says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea. Okay, they're running wild. And from north to east, they shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. Okay, they, their, their time was up. Okay, they, 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 they didn't have that hunger for the word of God or they didn't want to hear the word of God, but now they see the results that are happening, right? They're seeing the, the results that are happening and they start thinking to themselves, maybe we should have paid attention. Okay, maybe there's, there's something to this word of God. You look at our country and what a mess that it is in. You look at society, what a mess it is it in. Not just ours, but all the world, Right? Every place is in a mess. It seems like there's just darkness everywhere. There's evil everywhere. You know, there's depression everywhere. You know, there's a chance of world war. There's this and there's that. And, and things just seem to be closing in. And we're wondering what has happened. And, and it doesn't seem like they're wanting to turn to God or look to God, except, except for the people of God. But they need to hear a voice, right? They need to hear a word from God. They need to have a prophetic word from God and turn to God. Amen. Never under, uh, underestimate the grace of God and the turning of God. Because when people see, get desperate, they look to God. If you guys remember, well, some of you won't remember this, but those that are old enough, in 2001 of what happened, right? When we had uh, uh, the bombing, when, when, the, when our, uh, the Twin Towers got basically bombed, you know, by a jet flying into them, and, and then we saw the Pentagon getting attacked. What, what, did the, what did the people in Congress do? You remember that? They were out on the steps praying. They were under attack, you know, they felt so threatened, and, and they were scared and stuff, and, and they, they didn't have any answers or what to do with all this stuff, so they prayed. I mean, wow. You know, I'm thinking to myself when I was seeing that, wow, that this you know, these people are, you know, they realize, you know, like, like I guess my thought was, uh, they said there's no atheists in the foxhole, 
right? When the bombs are all around them and stuff, you know, they start finding God pretty quick, right? Yeah, because, you know, they're scared. They don't know what's going to happen. They're afraid you're going to die or partially die, even worse. And, and so they start praying. They start calling out to God, you know. I, I can't handle this just on my own. You know, church, we realize this. There's a lot more going on here than just what we see. There is a supernatural. Okay, there is an evil spirit. There's an evil spirit of darkness that comes upon us. Of course, we know that Jesus is the light. And greater is the light than that of the darkness. But when people love darkness more than light, they're going to get their fill of it. Right? That's why the light still has to shine. That's why we need a preacher. Okay? We need a pastor. We need some, we need some person of God, man of God, woman of God that can stand up and say, no, this is it. This is the way. Okay? We're not going to get ridiculous. All right? We're not going to just run wild. I mean, this is the wildest times that we ever lived in. I know I've said it before, but it's just crazy. We can't, they can't even figure out what's a male and a female. I mean, how crazy is this world that we are living in? Okay, it's just nuts, right? I imagine everybody here, even the little ones, know what a boy and a girl is. I mean, it doesn't take a genius. And, and so they, they're like, I mean, you're just like, I mean, how do you even answer somebody when they present that? I mean, it's just, just what's common sense, folks. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, just, it just baffles me. And I just decided, you know, I can't. I'm not going to go along with it. I mean, this is not, somebody's got to stand up. You know, people's got to stand up and say, no, this is ridiculous. It makes, you know, if you can change your gender, it makes about as much sense as me coming up here and changing my age. Right? Pastor, we're not old anymore. Right? Or you're not. I am. But, uh, okay, we're not. Right? We're, we're 30. Right? You make up your own age. You know, people look at it and you laugh. But we're supposed to take these other ones serious? No. 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 We're not running wild like that. I mean, that's just downright stupidity. <laughs> I'm, it's just ridiculous. You know, anybody, you know, you, you, you would say this 10 years ago, and everybody would probably be laughing, but they're not now. They're like, okay, let's, let's accept this. You know, it seems like they're wanting to break down any foundation that we have that would stabilize a society and break it down. But we have a, again, we have a man of God. In Proverbs 29, 15 says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. When people do not accept divine guidance, you may read this in different versions. It says, when there is no vision, the people perish. Now, a lot of times we use that scripture to give us a three or four year plan, <laughs> vision. That's not what vision is talking about in that scripture. Okay, that's good. But that's not what the vision is talking about. It's talking about a word of God. It's talking about a revelation. It's talking about divine guidance. And it's not necessarily talking about people perishing because of sin. It's just that they run wild. They have no restraint. Of course, they're going to perish. That's the end result. But they run without restraint. There's nothing you know, to help control them. They're just running wild. Anything goes. 
because there's no divine guidance. There's no word from God. Praise God. You're here today. You're here today because you love God. You love this church. You love the word of God. We honor the man of God. And, and we're here today to do that and, and to make sure that we always want to do that and we want to support him as he preaches, as he teaches the word. And ministering staff, you're called to minister. Minister the word. You minister it with love. You minister it with compassion and, and with kindness. But sometimes you cannot compromise. You just got to stand up and preach the word. The word is necessary. Okay, uh, We have to be under the constant influence of God's word in our lives. Okay, it, we, we have to take time to read it. We have to take time to study it. And we want to take time to hear it preached and to hear it taught because it, it brings in these different ideas on, on, on what the word is saying. Uh, the Bible, it's a hedge. It protects us from the dangers that are on the outside of the boundaries. And sometimes we don't stop and pause and realize what the word of God is doing for us. God, God isn't harsh. He doesn't get up here and make up all these rules just to be making them up. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't build a hedge you know, just, just so you don't see what's on the outside. It's to provide this protection. We have freedom to do uh, what we want in the will of God. Now, this is an interesting thought. On the New, in the New York Harbor, you have a statue. It's called what? The Statue of Liberty. Everybody loves liberty. Everybody loves freedom. I just wonder why. How come on the West Coast we don't have a different statue? It should be called the Statue of Duty and Responsibility. Because whenever you got liberty, there is duties, there's responsibilities. Right? You can't have freedom without disciplines, without responsibilities. Um, without fulfilling what's required of us. Right? Sure we all. I want freedom. I like to have just to do whatever I want to do. But at the same time, I got some duties and responsibilities. I just can't run off, go on a month, two months long vacation. First of all, I don't have that kind of money. And what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the business we run? What's going to happen to the employees there? Okay, what's going to happen? And we have these responsibilities on our lives. If you work for someone, they're counting on you to be there. Right? What's, what's going to happen if you're not there? So, so these are responsibilities. We have freedoms. We have privileges within the word of, uh, or within the kingdom of God. But we also have responsibilities. Liberty does not mean no responsibilities. And... Um, you know, and liberty in the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that we just run wild, okay? There's no restraints. Um, I remember in Moses' day, there was uh, God, he led the children of Israel out of Egypt, okay? They, they cross over the Red Sea, and, and God takes care of the Egyptians. The Egyptians are the ones putting them in bondage, right? Severe bondage. And um, so God delivers them and brings them across. So, so now here they are in, in the wilderness or in this land of kind of wondering what they're going to do, where they're going to go, 
they're trying to fight, follow the leading of God and so forth. But then there's this man of God. Okay, there's this Moses. Okay, Moses is he's he's that intercessor. He's that mediator between Israel and with God. So he's standing in that gap. Okay, God is speaking through Moses, and Moses speaks to the people. Um, so so here they are. Get this picture. Here they are. They're in the wilderness. Uh, you know, they're living in tents. You know, sometimes they got shortage on food, shortage on water, but God is always providing for them. Okay, God always shows up. He's always on time. And now God calls Moses up to the mountain. So Moses, he goes up to the mountain. He's going to receive the Ten Commandments, the laws of God. And he's gone for a period of time, up to 40 days he's gone. What did the people do? So, so they get Aaron, right? Aaron? We don't know where Moses is gone. Okay, he's, he may be gone forever. Um, we need you to make us a god. Okay, Make us some gods that we can worship them. And, and uh, Aaron, he doesn't have the fortitude to stand up to him. Right? He, he got weak. And so he kind of compromises with him. Okay, so we'll do this unto the Lord. Okay, We'll make, we'll make this image unto the Lord. You know, later we find out that that's against the second commandment. Don't make any graven images. So he said, we'll make this image unto the Lord. So he, he took the earrings from the people and he, he melted it down. He covered this calf. He says, here's the gods that brought you up out of Egypt. Here he is, you know. And, and then they, they made sacrifices and stuff. And then the scripture says that they sat down, they ate, and they drank. And they rose up to play. Okay, they rose up to play. They, they, they started maybe they dancing, whatever. They started worshiping idols. Some says, you know, they even committed the sexual acts there. Uh, so, so whatever was going on, it was, it was grossly grotesque to God. Okay? It, it, it did not honor God at all. So they, they went away from God and what they knew was God. And the scripture said they started running wild. Okay, here's Moses is gone, right? The man of God. The man of God is preaching them the word. It's teaching them the ways of God. The one that God used to bring them out of Egypt. And as soon as he is gone, they start running wild. Okay, the word leaves. The restraint leaves. And they start running wild. And, and, and um, God c- comes down and he sees what's going on. And, and uh, of course, he knows what's going on. But he, he, he relates this to Moses. And Moses, he's very angry with the people. And he asked Aaron, Aaron, what, what, what's going on here? What did you do? And he says, well, you know, the people came to me. They wanted this. And then um, I took their earrings and I threw them in the fire and his calf popped up. <laughs> I mean, how dumb did he think Moses was? <laughs> you know, some miracle happened. The calf up out of the fire. No, he didn't. And the scriptures right before that told him that they, they formed it. Okay? They made it. But he, did, he wanted to pass the buck. It was the people. Right? He didn't want to stand in the gap. He didn't, he didn't want to say, okay, Moses, I really messed up here. I shouldn't have done this, you know, but, you know, I caved in. I was weak. I was caved in. But no, he, he tried to pass the buck off to somebody else. Then he made up a lie, a big lie to try to cover it. But the people were running wild. And uh, 
So get, get this picture in God's mind. Okay, God brings Egypt, or he brings Israel out of Egypt. And, it, and Israel is his chosen people. This, he made these promises to Abraham, and it was going to continue. And from Abraham, there was going to come a seed that was going to bless the entire world. Okay? It was going to, from this seed, which would be Jesus, of course, okay, he was going to be the offspring that every nation on earth was going to be blessed because of this offspring of Abraham. And it was going to go through Jacob and uh, and whose name was changed to Israel. It was going to go through those, and then this nation, through this nation, was going to come the Messiah. But here's the Messiah just acting, or here's this nation just acting like the rest of the world. Right? They're not keeping themselves separate. They're not keeping themselves holy. So they're just going to intermingle with the rest of the world. And and God says, no, this cannot happen. Right? If the blessing's going to come, it's going to have to come through this nation. And, and so God says, you know what? I'll, I'll just, I'll take care of them here and right now. So he tells Moses, just get out of the way. We're going to settle this right now. They want those gods. They can have them. Here they go. We'll just wipe out this nation. Moses, I'm going to start a new one with you. Now, Moses is a very humble man of God. What does he do? He's not lifted up in pride and arrogance. He stands in the gap. He says, one of the most powerful scriptures. I would consider this a prophetic word, he says. And he says it to God. God, if you destroy them, destroy me also. Somebody that stood up in the gap. Don't, Don't ever get to the place that you can't be grateful and thankful for a man of God. They can stand in the gap. They can intercede. Moses was the intercessor. He interceded for the people. They could have been wiped out. But Moses stepped in and said, God, you know, don't do this thing. You know, and he pleaded with God. And he says, if you take them, take my life also. He stood up. There's something about when you stand up with a prophetic word. The pastor stands up. And he says, I'm going to let the devil know. I'm not going anywhere. That's a prophetic word. I remember Pastor Cawthock would stand up and be preaching and things would be happening. And he would stand up and he would say, over my dead body, this was going to happen. When he felt like the church was being attacked to destroy the church or to split the church, he would say, over my dead body, hey, he wasn't going to let it happen. That was a prophetic word. Okay, when, when the man of God gets anointed and he preaches, sometimes that may seem hard and harsh. Don't ever take it lightly. Honor that. Okay, he's standing in the gap. We got someone that stands in the gap, and we all need somebody to stand in the gap at the time. Hey, you know what? We're, we're all messed up, right? There's not a person in this place that doesn't have problems and that are just messes, right? If, if you come to this church all messed up, you're in the right place, okay? You're at home with the rest of us because there's nobody here that has it all together, right? At least I don't know anybody. Forgive me if you do, uh, but as uh, far as I know, we all have our quirks and our eccentricities and uh, stuff that 
makes us weird, right? We all have dumb things, you know, and dumb thoughts and dumb things we do. We don't always get it right, but we still love God. We still have God's grace and God's forgiveness. Even through all those messes, you know, as just made a post the other day, you know, when God called us, he already considered our stupidity. <laughs> Amen. I thank God. Thank God. <laughs> when you stop and think about it, well, that's true, you know. He's already considered it, but he called us anyway. So we're here today. We're here today because, first of all, we love God, we love his word, and we're here to honor the man of God, our pastor here today. But my encouragement for all of us and for the ministry staff is to love the word of God. Love God, love his word, love his truth. Don't let it slip. Um, don't let it get old. Don't let it get stale. The Word of God is living. It's more powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And, and just like any uh, a skill that you choose, if, you, if you're going into battle, you want to be skilled with the sword. Um, you know, we got to be skilled in the Word of God, not to destroy people, but to instruct them into the way of righteousness. And, and so that needs to be practiced. I would encourage you on a daily basis to, to read and study uh, the word of God as much as possible to spend time in prayer and seeking God and uh, having that love first of all in your own life and in your own heart and soul that you can share it with others uh, I've been praying myself God help me to be able to share this better with others um, I have a thing that we battle I battle is that getting so busy always so busy, always got so much to do. And then by the end of the day, you're just tired, tired. Uh, but making it more of a priority, God, I want to stay in your word. I want to get closer to you. I want to share what you gave me to others. Because I know, this much I know, there's a joy for those who love and obey God's word. That 29, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says again, when there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Okay, where there is no revelation, when there is no divine guidance, people cast off restraint. They run wild. But there's that word there, but. Happy is he who keeps the law, who keeps God's word. And um, pastor, we appreciate you today. Thank you for staying in the gap. Thank you for proclaiming the word of God and speaking a prophetic word to us. Um, thank you for staying here. Amen. A lot of times when people face persecution, they run. But he is staying. And uh, we need, Pontiac needs, this church needs, and the city needs someone to stay in the gap. Amen. Keep preaching the word, brother. Keep preaching the word. Amen. Preach it when it's popular. And preach it when it's not popular. Sometimes we may get to a place we don't want to hear it, but sometimes we still need to hear it. This world needs to hear it. The city needs to hear it. It's the only thing that will bring true joy, peace, 
and happiness. And of course, eternal life is the word of God. Shall we stand? I know we prayed for the pastor. Um, and uh, why don't we all just, let's just gather around the front. I don't know exactly how I'm going to close this out, but uh, it's always good to close out with prayer. I know that much. And um, hopefully this message speaks to you. And hopefully my prayer is that you go away with a greater love for God, or at least a reminder for, of it, and, and the purpose of a man of God in our lives. God placed pastors, teachers, preachers in our lives for a reason. And it's, it's to lead us into godliness. And um, God wants us to have godliness and righteousness, holiness in our lives. Um, without it, there is no restraints. Okay? This, this is what provides it. Praise God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. give him a prophetic word to preach. God, and preach to us, oh God, and, and lead your people. Preach to this town. And Lord, help us to be the, a lighthouse to this city and to the people we work with and live around, God, that, that they may know there is a God. And Lord, that we honor you and that we praise you, Jesus. Our world needs you, Lord. God, and it needs men and women of God. Lord, we thank you.